good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff, Henny Cutter, Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local, national, and even Wisconsin news and events. And as you know, <laughs> as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues and human issues are Native issues. You are right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon, supporting honest Native news, stories, and events. Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Hey, we got some new uh, uh, people, and I just want to give a big shout out to people that are donating to us. You know, of course, uh, a lot of our show is on commercial radio, so support our sponsors. But also, uh, if you feel the need to support us, uh, there you go on Patreon, and we really uh, appreciate that and keeps us going. Hey, we're here with uh, Arvina. Uh, Martin, and she's uh, executive director of Merge Wisconsin, and I, and it was her birthday, so I just got to play this real quick. Hey, happy belated birthday there, Arvina. Great. <laughs> Thank you. I I wasn't sure. I was wondering if it was going to be um, something that I heard or listened to when I was a kid. The Indian chipmunks. Does it ever <laughs> bell for anybody? No, no, but I was writing that down. Oh, it was amazing. I listened to that tape all the time. <laughs> well, yeah. Happy birthday, Arvina. Great to see you. Thank I know we you. have a couple a couple other birthday shout outs. I just want to give a big birthday shout out to Minnesota State Senator Mary Kunish of yes. Standing Rock Sioux. It was her birthday yesterday. Our and uh, she has the same. Our regular on Fridays. We yeah. love State Senator Mary Kunish. Yes, we love Mary. But yeah, very cool. She shares the same birthday as my Gaga and your auntie. So uh, yeah. yeah, happy birthday to them. Lots of birthdays. Happy yeah. birthday, Barb. Oh, oh, the dogs agreeing. I like that. Yeah. Um, hey, so Arvina, I saw also too that uh, you're out of retirement now too. I saw you with the rollerblades on, or not the yep. rollers, the roller skates. Roller skates. Yep, yep. I'm making my triumphant return to the roller derby track, and I had practice last night, and I'm sore, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we're we're blessed here. Uh, we have a thriving. Uh, uh, um, roller derby, uh, women roller derby people here in uh, St. Paul. I know they get down at uh, downtown yeah. St. Paul. Yeah, I mean, the cities has two. There's the Minnesota roller derby, and then there is North Star roller derby, both really great leagues. And, um, you know, it's my dream to play someday at the Roy in Minnesota. It's, it's, <laughs> it's well known as like the best roller derby venue and we're going to be playing Madison roller derby is going to have our home season opener on December 9th at the Alliant energy center. If you know, if you are in the Madison area or want to make a trip to the Madison area and come see me stumble around and try to pretend like I haven't been off skates for a few years. <laughs> well, and that's a big shout out too. Uh, we'll have to remind uh, people at the end of this about that too, because as you know, Arvina, we're in 18 uh, stations in Wisconsin. So including Madison. So it's uh, a short trip on the civic media network. And we love, uh, we love our friends in Wisconsin, even if they're winning football games all of a sudden. Oh, we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we were crushed. We had five in a row, and the party's over again, and now we're all back to being naysayers about our uh, football team here. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of getting into it too, and uh, you know, I don't know. I remember being in the eighty, living in the eighties, and having all Wisconsin sports teams just be terrible. So I can, you know, we had we've had a twenty five year dynasty 
and I'm I'm okay with a a rebuilding year. You, you know, it happens. Yeah, it does. It does. It definitely does. Um, I know the early '80s. Oh, you had a good baseball team and uh, led by yeah. Paul Person Ball Paul Molitor here. Yay, Paul Molitor, Polly Molly. <laughs> I I was too young. I was that was like '82 when they went to the World Series, and I was like two and or three the entire <laughs> time. So I wasn't super paying attention at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Hey, so uh, we've been, uh, our theme is uh, thanks taking this, uh, this week. And we've been talking about all our, with all our native guests uh, about how uh, they feel about this, uh, this holiday uh, that people take off. And then we have uh, Black Friday and then Monday it's Ho-Chunk Day. So, I mean. I thought it was Friday is Ho-Chunk Day. I think it's that Native American Heritage Day is Friday, and I think oh, Nation Day well, is Monday. When I was on city council, I got it put into ordinance I, with our mayor, Satya Rhodes Conway, so that the city of Madison officially celebrates Ho Chunk Day on uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving. So, you know, wow. we, we celebrate that, and it's, it's in the ordinances even. So, it's official. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I, gotta, I love that. I got to put some applause up on there. I got to use that applause button. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then how do you or do you celebrate? Uh, what do these days look like uh, for you? Because I know, especially since Standing Rock, I call it Thanksgiving. Mm hmm. You know, my family gets together, you know, we have we most of us live around the Madison area. So we get together um, and just eat and <laughs> really good food. Um, our And our Thanksgiving has changed a bit as my sister's um, husband. So also my husband, <laughs> um, his his family is <laughs> right. His his parents are were born and and lived in uh, Taiwan. So when they come, they they bring Chinese food too. So um, we get a pretty good spread. And and you know, I always tell people that it's it's not wrong. Or I, in my opinion, it's not wrong to take time and celebrate things that you're grateful for and you're mm -hmm. thankful for. And you know, we can, I think we can change this holiday and talk less about pilgrims um, mm -hmm. and talk more about, you know, these are the things that have happened over the past year that I'm thankful for and I'm grateful for. And, and, and I think maybe if more people really kind of got into thinking about gratitude and the things that they are happy for in their lives, maybe, maybe that would help shift some of the the, the terrible things that are happening now, um, you know, like, will we still have a democracy, you know, <laughs> after <laughs> in a year? Um, but we'll, being able we'll, to, we'll talk oh, about, sorry. we'll talk about that second segment, <laughs> but, this, <Yay. laughs> but yeah, I agree. And, um, uh, being in a 12 step program, I don't want to really talk about what it is, but this is gratitude month. So that's right in the jam, what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and I think that we can, you know, take it, take the holiday back. I mean, you know, in our communities, we do celebrate things like the harvest and, you know, mm -hmm. it kind of falls into those kinds of lines. And, and I think it makes sense to, to spend that time thinking about everything that you've accomplished over the last year, whether it is, you know, growing enough food to get you through the winter or, you know, your, your daughter learning to ride a bike or, you know, things like that. It, it, it can be any of that kind of stuff. Um, and I think, I think that we don't take enough time to like, we gripe about everything and mm -hmm. we complain and, you know, we should take time to think about the good things in our lives and the things that we are thankful for. And, and I think we can do that without talking about pilgrims. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, I love it. And I agree a hundred percent. Hey, uh, yeah, it's, it's thanks taking, but it's also a time to be with family. And uh, I know Wendy's flying in tonight uh, from New York, and uh, hopefully she's either uh, not overbooked and uh, making some money off the airlines and coming in the next day, or uh, we'll figure that out. But uh, it's exciting, and it's a good time uh, to be thankful and, and to, to reflect. Hey, we're uh, with Arvina Martin uh, CEO of Emerge Wisconsin, and we're going to be right back after this short break. Hoa! 
Stay with us. If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by, stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence and shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Signing up for $1 bus and train rides with the Transit Assistance Program, or TAP, is quick and easy. Do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org slash TAP, along with a copy of your ID. We'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides. For questions or translation help, call 612-373-3333. 612-373-3333. Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let howl. howl. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute, or NACD, in Minneapolis. Right on, and they do great work. And, uh, you know, I just got to say before we get back to uh, the executive director, Arena Martin of uh, Merge, Wisconsin, uh, uh, Haley and I uh, had lunch today at Owamni, and we were talking before the show. Is that wow, we feel energized after eating that food. It's amazing. And uh, I, I didn't have any coffee, and I feel like I have had coffee. So talking about food and celebration in, in a good way is is good medicine. Welcome back, Arvina. Yeah, thank you. I agree. I it's it's you know, with all of the junk and the very processed stuff that we eat, it's it's kind of crazy to eat something that's stripped down and still tastes good and and it's the right fuel that your body needs. Um and you're giving your body what it needs and and it's exciting to feel that be like, "Oh my gosh, this is what yeah. this is what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> That's exactly what we thought too. We were drinking some tea. I forget what, what it was. It was amazing warm tea, especially perfect for a day like today. And we had to double check and even triple check. We're like, is there caffeine in this? And there wasn't. But you know, just it's crazy what you know, putting the right nutrients and and the right food that comes directly from the ground or you know from our animals and our plants. It's it's wild how quickly you'll feel those effects in your body. And and then eating a whole bunch and and instead of instead of feeling that kind of food coma, it's the other way around. Um and you're like, let's go, let's do this. <laughs> well, Arvina, I don't know if you know this, but Wendy, uh my wife, uh she's a vegan. So oh. we we don't eat the the turkey, but we have we've had uh, different things over the years, and I think we finally found a good jam to substitute. But you know, all the other ingredients like the potatoes, gravy, and uh, and the um, stuffing and cranberries that's all vegan. So yeah, uh, we love it, and uh, we celebrate that way. I don't know if you can see over my shoulder here, but I did get uh, uh, the. Oh, his Barbie doll. Uh, oh, Wilma uh, Mankiller Barbie doll. Cool. It came out. I love it. I kind of want to get one, but I have so much stuff. I need to get rid of things before I bring more things into my house. <laughs> oh, That's, I tell Robert the same thing. Oh, my God. My <laughs> Must wife, be a Ho-Chunk thing. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. 
some of my Ho-Chunk elders love that Goodwill, and I'm right with them. ho I actually was at Goodwill looking for um, my daughter's uh, Halloween costume with her, and I saw a scarf from far away, and I'm like, that looks like a native design, and I looked at it, and it was an eighth-generation scarf that I got for three bucks, and I was like, score! Yes! (laughs) So I'm pretty pleased with that. That's awesome. Well, now the fun and games are over here now. Uh, Politically... How are things happening in Wisconsin here? I know last time we talked about they're trying to impeach a new Supreme Court uh, person that was just elected in and it's done nothing wrong. And I'll say the name Protosewicz because I practiced that and we had her on the show during the election. And uh, what, what, any uh, updates on, on that insanity? Yeah, no, they they are holding off for the time being. I know that um, Robin Voss, um, was advised i mean we're finding from um public public or open rapper excuse me open records requests that um that you know the speaker robin voss had been trying to kind of pull or be advised by other you know former supreme court justices or other folks that are in the the legal community mm-hmm. and they all told him no don't impeach her um so that has been kind of sideline but i don't put it past them to to come out with an uh, an impeachment you know just out of the blue um but the supreme court is currently hearing arguments on um whether the uh the maps the the legislative district lines in our state are legal um so you know we all have our fingers crossed that we can fix the damage done by the gerrymandering. I mean, Wisconsin state legislative districts are among the most gerrymandered in the country. And it, that's, it's ridiculous. Um, if you look at, if you look at the stats about who voted Democrat versus Republican for statewide races um, versus who, you know, how the, the state or uh, the state legislative seats went, I mean, it doesn't add up. Um, and it's, you know, packing Democrats, as many Democrats as they can into a district and, um, you know, basically, yeah, gerrymandering and figuring out how to maximize their majority instead of, and, and, and it turns into legislators picking their constituents as opposed to constituents picking their legislators. Yeah, well said, and we always say, uh, what a bummer for our friend uh, Trisha Zunker, our relative, uh, who would be uh, jamming right now. And I heard somewhere where you the 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 gerrymandering so bad that six you for somebody in order to win would have to get sixty five percent of the vote, um, a Democrat, and in forty five percent for the Republican. Um, so that's. <laughs> Did you, uh, we reported, Haley uh, reported, I should say, a couple days ago that South Dakota, our friend Ruth Buffalo, who's been on our show many times, uh, she was gerrymandered. Her. Yeah, she's been gerrymandered out of her seat. And now uh, they found, what How did what did they find, Haley, that it was uh, district uh, wrong and correctly and their own Supreme Court is like uh, changing it back. Yeah, it was like they're going through a whole, the whole, a very similar situation actually in North Dakota too, with the redistricting and um, a judge, I guess, a federal judge found it illegal and that it diluted the North Dakota native vote. So, yeah, I, I, and I wonder about that in Wisconsin too. You know that various tribes are, especially the Ojibwe bands. Um, being split up rather than being in the same, uh, you know, whatever legislative district. Also in in eastern Wisconsin, whether it is, you know, Stockbridge, Menominee, and Oneida, and or, excuse me, um, Potawatomi and uh, Mole Lake, you know, they're, they're, I mean, I, 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 Back when we had the recall in 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 2011, I believe, um, the the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel did a um analysis of what are the most red and blue municipalities in Wisconsin so this this data is is you know over a decade old but they found that you know what we expected you know some of the bluest municipalities are the city of Madison the city of Milwaukee um Shorewood Hills which is is 
right next to Madison. But then the other ones, the all the other municipalities were things like um, that were either on or adjacent to tribal communities and reservations. So like the town of Brockway um, down by Black River Falls is one of the bluest municipalities in the state. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that that disenfranchising native voters who are some of the most democratic voters in the state, um, you know, is is tragic and is is I mean, it's just wrong. Exactly. You know, and again, let's swing back now to uh, your job as executive director and how I think important not only uh, that uh, women are in in the races, but also native women, too. Let's talk a little bit about that, because uh, we find anywhere from and I, I used to joke dog catcher, but that's to say anywhere from school board on up, we need more representation and uh, in order to change things, because as we see nationally with the, the, you know, the crisis caucus or whatever you want to call those, those meatballs. I mean, I was in Washington, Arvina, and we went into the, uh, Sharice got his tickets into the, uh, into the uh, chambers. And it was just like, I can't even be here to see these people in person. I mean, it's like, I want to yell something, but you know, of course <laughs> I didn't, but you know, it's just, we, we need our, our, our friends and relatives to run. Absolutely. I mean, you can think about it like when the pandemic first started, um, you know, and the fact that both Congress and the U.S. Senate are majority white and male and older. Um, I, I pardon the description, but I've heard it described as stale, pale and male. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like so it was it was remarkable to see all of these legislators realize that issues that that families are facing like dealing with child care you know these are they, they acted like they'd never heard of this before <laughs> and i guarantee that had we had more women um more people that that are not millionaires um participating and being members of congress and the u.s senate that that this would not have taken a global pandemic to figure out that that childcare is very important to individual families, but also collectively, and 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 um, and it has a huge impact on our economy, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so, because these guys are older and you know haven't dealt with childcare presumably in a while or ever, even you know this this was an issue that that never occurred to them, um, and. You know, I like to say that we have we all have our blind spots. And mm -hmm. so when you are in a legislative body and people have different experiences, your collective blind spots get smaller. And I think that that's the way that that kind of representation is important to to making policy that is going to be. Effective. Oh. Do we just lose a. I think we so, lost your yes. audio, Arvina. Yeah, oh, we just no. lost. Can you hear well, me yet? No. Yeah, we can hear you now. Just uh, could you do you mind giving out uh, your website real quick for us? Yeah, uh, and if you're interested in running for office, go to wi.emergeamerica.org. We are accepting applications from women and non-binary folks that feel um, comfortable in female-centered spaces. Um, come and learn how to run for office and start making that change. Thank you so much, Peeny Gigi, Arvina Martin, for coming on. The energy is always so positive. We miss you when we miss you. So thank you so much for coming on. And thanks thank for uh, doing the show for me when I was it took a few days off. I really appreciate that, too. Yeah, no problem. All right. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Signing up for $1 bus and train rides with the Transit Assistance Program, or TAP, is quick and easy. Do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org slash TAP, along with a copy of your ID. We'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides. For questions or translation help, call 612-373-3333. 612-373-3333. 
Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. Be a vaccinative. As the fall season continues, new COVID-19 variants threaten the health of not just you, but our elders as well. These new variants might even evade previous vaccines. That's why it's important to stay up to date. The newly authorized vaccines target current variants effectively and are FDA approved for ages six months and older. But there is an important note. These are the first COVID vaccines to be commercialized, which means there may be costs associated with them. Speak with your health insurer about your coverage before scheduling an appointment to avoid a surprise bill. For those without health insurance, help is available. Ask your health clinic about options or visit vaccines.gov for free locations. Getting vaccinated protects you from severe disease. Don't put yourself or elders at risk. So be a vaccinative and protect our community. You can visit vaccines.gov for free vaccine locations. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Unveil the captivating world of native photography at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Their new exhibit, In Our Hands, Native Photography 1890 to Now, turns the camera around and puts native photographers in control, featuring hundreds of photographs captured by generations of First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and Native Americans. You'll view the world through their lens, revealing the beauty and complexity of indigenous heritage. Don't miss this incredible experience. Visit In Our Hands at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, now through January 14th. For more info, visit artsmia.org. Magus Books, your multicultural spiritual supply store. Stop in and expand your horizons with books, classes, readings, and supplies at magusbooks.com or in our shop at 1848 Central Avenue Northeast in Minneapolis. From the best incense to beautiful statues, we have supplies and books for your spiritual explorations. Come in and chat with our knowledgeable staff and get what you need for your next adventure, whether you're fighting ghosts or opening your third eye. Check us out today at magusbooks.com. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Tonight, decreasing clouds with a low of 25, then Thursday, sunshine with a high of 31. Make this holiday season extra magical with a neat local Minnesota restaurant or food purveyor. Perfect for all occasions from family to friends to work gatherings. Visit eatlocalminnesota.com to see the list of restaurants and food purveyors. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Great advertisers over the years. We really appreciate their support and uh, and all the PSAs and all the things. Uh, what a great uh, relationship we have with them and great organization. Hey, uh, Simone, what's up? We're with Simone uh, Rundin of Edible Arts. And we also have Sam Thompson. Uh, and I want to get this right. American Indian Family and Children's Services. Uh, and I just, we got, thank you. We have a great producer here. How are things going? And, uh, you know, uh, good to see you and, uh, we miss you at the market. Yes. The market was a great year this year and I look forward to next year. Um, but yeah, what we came to talk tonight about is foster care. Mm -hmm. Um, and did you have direct (laughs) questions or I can just go? (laughs) Well, yeah, I thought this would be really great kind of just to 
a very good heartwarming story right before the holiday season here. And uh, Simone, I just want to give you like a, a big, huge thank you. And just for being the amazing person you are for um, diving into this type of work. I know the importance in keeping Native children with Native families is huge in our communities. And, you know, I think specifically in our family, we can relate to that a lot. So um, thank you for being here and thank you for the work that you're doing. And we're excited to hear kind of how you got started in this work and the decision that um, the decision that was made to start. Yeah, so when I was a teenager, a tween, I guess, um, my mom did foster care. And so we had foster siblings. And um, they were younger. They were like a newborn, and I think the oldest was five. So there was three kids, and we had them for close to two years. Um, and we lived deep in uh, Phillips' neighborhood. And there was a huge thing that had happened, and it was – it was scary and hard and we said you we can't have little kids around here and so my mom had um given them to go to a different foster home um and i still think about those kids today and so when my birth children i guess grew up and moved out of the house i spent a whole year just living on my own and realized i don't do well on my own mm -hmm. um and so i started the application um to be a foster parent and I took my time with it. Um, I think on average, it's 45 days is what it takes from start to finish. And I think I took closer to four months um, because I really wanted to like answer the questions and do all of the um, videos and the training um, and really ask that question. Am, am I ready? Do I want to support another person? And what is that going to look like for me? Um, because I know, I knew that I wanted to do infants. Um, I have a lot of attention. Like I don't, a crying baby doesn't upset me in the same way that it does other people. Um, and so I like really started to think about that. Like, okay, so when I get a baby and if it's a crier, like, am I going to hold it all the time? How am I going to have my place set up so that I can always see it and make sure that, you know, it's okay. Um, but also looking deep down inside, like, am I doing this because I'm missing something or I didn't do something right with my own kids? Um, and so I just asked myself like all of those questions and through that four months of filling out this paperwork and asking those questions, I came to the conclusion that I really want to do infants. I want to work towards reunification. I want to be a support person for that struggling parent, whether it's a mom or a dad. Um, and how best to support a parent that's struggling better than to give their infant a really good start. Um, and that's what I look at this job more or less is like, I am, I'm there to give a really good start that this isn't my baby. Um, but I get to really love it. I really get to hold it and cherish it and tell it all the good things that it needs to hear because its body will remember that. Right. And at the same time telling it, you know, like your mom or dad is working really hard to get you back. Like wow. I really want to support that person in reunification. Yeah. Wow, someone's that's a cute. poster child for um, being a, a foster parent with Facts, right? We're, we're pushing those native homes that are only there for that interim, right? Like that's, we're not a foster to adopt. We're really there to um, provide that native home in the interim while moms and dads and grandmas and aunties and uncles are working their case plans to really get, get their kids back and their families. Wow. That's awesome, Sam. I'm a old foster child and an adoptee. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was going to ask you because uh, Simone uh, was mentioning that and that's the ultimate goal. And that sounds like to get them back to, to the family. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. And that's something that's changed over the last 50 years. And thank goodness. Yeah, that, that need is there. I mean, just to find families, especially indigenous families that are there to provide that that interim placement and just support and provide that safe space and say exactly like Simone said, you know, you're, you're doing a great job. I'm here for you. And mom and dad and grandma and grandpa are, are doing what they need to or, or we're, we're there for it if, if they're not too. and how best we can support that whole constellation of families. Right. 
Well, uh, Sam, uh, before I get back to Simone, I want you to uh, maybe pop out some information that our Native people listening to the show uh, yeah. can reach out to you. Um, what? How can they get a hold of you and start that process that Simone talked about? Yeah, I, we'd love to have you guys. So AFAC's um, American Indian Family and Children's Services, we license all across the state. Um, our kind of home base is in St. Paul, but we do have a, a licensor up in McGregor who does like the northern, the greater greater Minnesota. Um, and someone, 45 days is, is, if somebody's really, really pushing through it, I think taking those couple of months to go through the, ta- the training and go through all of the paperwork um, to, to really figure out if that's the best option for you and and really understand it. I think that is the best thing that you can do. Um, and Apex, we do have an onboarding specialist, somebody who can meet you out on site, somebody that can walk you through um, any of the barriers that you might have to try and help you through that licensing process. Um, the best place to start is just going to our website. Um, it's afax.org. So that's A-I-F-A-C-S.org. Um, you can find training there. You can find um, the online platform that we use for the licensing process um, and really get all that contact information for us. And if, if you're at the Four Sisters Farmers Market throughout the summer, someone has a pile of my cards that she's just handing out <laughs> like candy. <laughs> so you can reach out to me as well. Um, and, and yeah, we can walk you through it beginning the middle and and as long as you want to be a foster provider too well simone you were handing around that baby like candy too that cute little baby (laughs) you had in your in your booth that was awesome i was just going i see this baby everywhere everyone's holding it it was it was great and uh it it good for her and good for you or i i think it was a her right or little boy (laughs) really leaning on those community supports that's that's what it's for Yes. And that is, that was the other thing I was going to say is in, in that, in those months, I really reached out to family members Mm -hmm. um, and said, you know, like, this is what I'm looking at doing. I would want some support. I will need some support. Um, I live in an apartment building. And so I went to every like adjoining wall and across the hall um, to my neighbors. And I said, you know, I'm looking at doing foster care for infants and because some of the infants really do, are born with different substances in their systems. Mm -hmm. um, There's a chance that I could get a colicky baby. So there might be a crying baby that's crying all the time. And what I found out is that three of my neighbors have offered to um, look into foster care to be a support person Mm -hmm. and to um, sign up to possibly do respite. And I was like, Oh wow. Like, I have been wanting to build a community, but I didn't realize that I did build a community around me until yeah. that moment. Um, and exactly as Simone said, we've had folks coming through that are like, I want to help with with Simone and I want to help provide respite. And if, if you're nervous about it or if that's kind of, if you're just interested, um, we definitely do license respite homes. We do have some folks that are licensed through us that just provide respite, um, being able to support the community in that way just for a weekend or maybe go on vacation or whatever it might be. Um, and, and yeah, Simone's really kind of funneled some folks through that are, are there on her recommendation just to do respite. That's awesome. Sam, um, what are the ages of uh, the children? Um, Can they be older? Somebody like me, take them to a baseball game and do a a respite on the weekends during baseball season? Or how does that work? And how old are they? Yeah, so... um, Traditional foster care is age zero to 17. And then there's also something called extended foster care. And really the licensing process looks the same. There's a couple extra trainings that you would need to do, but that's zero to 21. Um, and we we see the need from straight from the hospital, these little babies that are needing some support right out of the hospital up to ages, you know, the, the 15, 16, 17. Um, we see sibling groups that are coming through. We see all across the state that, that need that help. And we know we know that Native kids are very disproportionately affected in, in Minnesota. And so that need for ICWA compliant homes um, is always there, ages zero to 21. Thank God for ICWA. Simone, uh, what are some of the drawbacks you feel like, uh, are, there, are, are there any? Because uh, you're with a, a uh, baby boy being and um, good, giving him a good energy and getting good energy back. Uh, uh, is it going to be hard uh, to uh, give him back? And and are you going to then look for another one? Uh, what's what does the process look like, and how hard has it been? 
That's a great question. There's days where it's hard. Um, single parenting is always hard. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I get asked that a lot. Like, are you going to be sad when the baby goes back home? Of course I'm going to be sad. Mm -hmm. Of course I'm going to be heartbroken. You know, like I am fully investing in this tiny little life. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that's why it's important to have the therapist. (laughs) Um, And so I do talk to my therapist about that. Like, you know, there is going to be a time where this baby is going to go back. Um, And yeah, I will work with my therapist through that and what that's like. Um, And my hope is to be able to do, yeah, to do another infant after that and help another family with reunification. Mm -hmm. Um, In my little dream world, I would love to be able to connect with these parents that I've helped. And let's say little baby is now five and mom is going through another hard time and says, okay, hey, Simone, I know you have a relationship with baby so-and-so, you know, could you take them for the weekend? Could you like help in these ways? Um, That would be amazing. That might not be what happens, but in my mind, that's the goal is to really be that support person long-term also. Um, So it's not just an end of a relationship. Absolutely. No, that's really cool to hear. Hey, we got to take a quick break, but we got a really cool question, Sam. I want you to chew on when we get back. And it's uh, they want to know if you have to be enrolled and assume that there's a criminal background checks and such. And we'll give you a chance to uh, answer that when we get back. Hey, we're with Simone Rendon, a foster parent and a groovy person with edible arts. And we're with uh, Sam Thompson, a foster care licensure. Uh, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. Back to school season is here. And while this is an exciting time for parents, kids, and educators, let's not forget how far we've come in our battle against COVID-19. We're in a better place, but COVID-19 is still here, and we need to continue to help protect our communities. With the flurry of new schedules and classrooms, let's not overlook the fundamentals of staying safe. Wash your hands regularly and watch for any symptoms like fever, chills, a cough, or shortness of breath. Should you or someone you know have COVID-19 symptoms, stay home and get tested. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Let's have this back-to-school season be a time of renewed commitment to our collective health and brighter future for our Native communities. Again, find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? 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 <laughs> right on. That was a good howl. Right to get us in the vacation week weekend here. Hey, uh, we are with Simone Rendon, who's a foster care and uh, also a uh, foster care parent, and also Sam Thompson, who is with American Indian Family and Children's Services. And uh, I want to start off again, uh, uh, Sam, if you don't mind answering that question. I thought that we have such smart listeners. I thought we'd uh, start off with that question about uh, do you need to be enrolled and what are the qualifications and how do you vet out uh, our foster people? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So we do not license exclusively Native families. Um, That is kind of our niche. Um, But nope, you do not need to be enrolled. Um, If you're affiliated or descendancy at 
just kind of provide that um, if you have documentation, we'll, we'll work with you. And I mean, we're obviously bound by ICWA requirements, um, which is, you know, federal law. But uh, if you're not enrolled, that's okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, that doesn't make you a non-ICWA eligible home. Um, and then for background checks, so, so yep, even though we are, even though AFAX is a private agency, uh, we are still bound by the same statutes as um, every, all the counties across the state. And so we do have to do criminal background checks. Um, there's a couple of things that might be like full disqualifiers, and I don't have that list in front of me. Um, but if, if that is a concern of yours, I would say to, we can just go through that process, do the background check, and um, we have some wiggle room. We have some, um, you're, you're more than your background, and we want to work with you about these things or with these things. So, wow. Yeah, definitely. Simone, uh, I just uh, am really happy to know the story. I know Haley knew more of the story than I did, and, and she got you guys on. So, uh, Haley, I'm wondering if, if you have a question, because I think these, these two warriors are rocking, and I, I know um, this is something that you really were excited to have them on the show. Yes, well, I I guess have more of a question about the um – respite the respite uh care and services for them so is that just taking you know a child out for a day trip or or what does that kind of include can you kind of give some examples of what that may look like if someone were to do something like that yeah definitely so um we consider respite in 24-hour increments so how many how many nights the child and spending overnights in your care there are um dhs babysitting guidelines that i don't have in front of me but you know i'm you, you want the child in your care to have uh, the most normal life that they could have. And so if that is going for the afternoon with an auntie, if that is um, if they're an older child and spending the night with with a friend, um, you know, with their with their workers permission, I think that's totally within the means that they have. But uh, for respite requirements, if they wanted to provide respite in the home, um, we just go through a background check and we would do um, we do some training additionally on that. But if you wanted to have that child in your home for the weekend, we would consider that the same license as as a long term foster care provider or a short term provider. Oh, good question. Really good question. Yeah. So one of the things like when people have asked me about respite and about foster care licensing, they're like, well, I don't want to start all over again. And I was like, no, 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 no. Foster care is amazing. Like, if you know you have zero attention for five-year-olds, don't get a five-year-old. Like, you get to ask for what you know you can handle. Um, and being licensed is sort of like getting a driver's license. You don't ever have to drive a car. You don't ever have to buy a car. But you're licensed just in case. And in our community, there's a lot of our family members who have probably everybody we know or I know some family member has had CPS called. And if you're licensed, you're the first person that they reach out to to make sure that that child stays within your family. And so I think that alone should make at least one person in every household become licensed. Um, and then respite um, is sort of, yeah, like I have another friend who was like, oh, what if I just want to babysit for the weekend? And I was like, that's respite. That would give me a break. You right. would get your baby fixed and then you get the baby back to me. You don't have to keep the baby longer than the 24, 48 hours or whatever is agreed upon in terms of the respite. And a really great example, too. And this, Simone, this goes back to, you know, your ideal image, right? You have um, former foster providers that we might have a child that moves into a new home. Um, and that former foster provider is a, a respite caregiver. So everybody, you still get to maintain that connection, that attachment and that bond is still there. Um, you still get to, to meet with that family and build that community while still moving forward and being that, that primary caregiver um, and really having that support network. I know that's someone you've reached out to previous foster providers and we have some providers that provided respite for another provider. I'm saying provider a lot, but <laughs> what that looks like is, is we get to build that community in that space as well. And it shows that child that people just don't disappear, which I think is huge in our community, right? especially with the past swooping of children is that people just disappeared. Right. And how do we keep those connections? So that way we, can raise that generation knowing what attachment is and can be and should be. 
Wow. And then, Simone, how important, I know you have an infant, but how important, I guess both Sam and Simone, how important it is to just uh, keep them in the culture and uh, be around that. I mean, that's uh, something with our older uh, children, I imagine, is huge. Yes. So that's one of the reasons why you always saw the baby at the market with me. It was as every cultural appropriate event Mm -hmm. I bring baby with. I don't put him in daycare that day. He comes with me because I think even from that newborn stage, hearing the music, hearing the voices, hearing the different accents of all of our people is important and it gets ingrained. Wow. And yeah, really that's good. part of AFAX's mission, right, is to, to create this culturally rich environment with these families that are involved in the community. Um, and one thing that's cool about AFAX, I think, is that we, some foster providers need annual training hours as part of their license requirement, but um, there's only a few that are mandatory and you get to have some liberty with the rest of them. And one thing that AFAX does is that we, um, not only do we reimburse for training, but we count up to six hours of like attending powwows, attending cultural events. That is part of your training and that goes towards your training hours. Like we're really trying to, to maintain that emphasis on indigenous community and that's that's your training wow that's exciting i'm wondering too uh it is there's a whole bunch of different uh kids from different nations um mm-hmm. is it does it matter if you go uh ojibwe go with the ho-chunk or vice versa or how does how does that look and how does that work because uh some cultures are a little different but when it comes to powwows and and community things uh we're we're pretty much the same yeah, well, the, the short answer is um, no. Uh, the long answer is going into like placement preferences when it what pre- uh, mm. regarding ICWA. So um, whatever tribe um, is the child is affiliated with that placement preference. If it if they can't find the relative, if they can't find kin, if they can't find a home within their own um, within their own tribe, they can look at other other tribes as well. So um, short answer is no. <laughs> Oh, and I'm just curious because, I mean, that's something, you know, I've looked into. I'm very busy right now, but I don't know if I'll be busy busy in a year. And it's something I've always wanted to do, uh, being a former high school teacher, is to, you know, throw the baseball around even though I'm 63, you know. And uh, it would be great to to play the creator's game but not break a hip too but uh you know and hang out with some older older kids like uh that were in high school simone do you got any uh, last things we got 30 seconds left uh i really appreciate you two being on no just reach out to sam if you have any questions she is amazing um and if she doesn't know the answer she will find a way to get you the answer wow yeah, Pini Gigi, you too. Thank you so much. What a great and thank you, Haley, for uh, putting this interview together. Very informative and and uh, great great work by both you. And uh, come on, uh, community, that step up. We'll, we're still here. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier. Yeah. Now. <laughs>